Welcome in to episode 269 of the Sources Say podcast, your go-to Kentucky basketball and recruiting podcast on the growing KSR podcast network. Sources Say is, as always, brought to you by our good friends at Justice Dental. Visit one of their two Lexington locations. It's on Blazer Parkway and Wellington Way by scheduling an appointment online at justicedental.com or by calling 859-543-0700. You can even send a text message to one of their friendly team members to ask a question or make an appointment. Now is a great time to schedule your dental cleaning. Dr. Thompson, Dr. Justice and their team strive to provide you with good oral health in a comfortable environment. The Justice Dental team looks forward to seeing you soon. I am your host, Jack Pilgrim of Kentucky Sports Radio. In paradise, I mean, Drew Brown, look at this. Of a sea of blue, my guy, he's been on the show a couple of times. You guys know him, you guys love him. Uh, here to break down Kentucky's 93 to 60, what? I don't even really Humbling. I believe it was 69. It's 93 to 69 victory over Team Canada yesterday uh, in the Madame Athletic Center in Toronto. Uh, but we're not in the Madame Athletic Center in Toronto. We decided to go uh, sightseeing today. And to do that, um, we, we wanted to break down this game uh, in the best way possible in, in paradise. So it's, it's difficult, Jack, because we, we decided to come to a place that leaves you speechless to do the show and the podcast. So I just keep thinking, I can't help myself from looking around and sightseeing and people. So breathtaking here at Niagara Falls and thanks for having me. And um, the vibes are great, man. It's just been such an awesome week here in Toronto with the cats kicking butt. And I want to ask you about that because you've been, we've been enjoying this beautiful city together. Uh, Toronto, man, it's like everything you could possibly look for in a like tourist destination city, a, a big city feel. It's like all the stuff you hate about New York City and the dirtiness and the, you know, just the, the extra stuff yeah. that comes with being in, in New York City, Times Square, all that. It's like all of that thrown out the window, all the good traits that you like about it, the, the big city lights and the, the skyscrapers Absolutely. and all that. Love Toronto, man. Big yeah, fan. Yeah, you know, when you when you smoke the host team 93 to 69, it, it makes you enjoy the city, I think, a little bit more. But I do believe um, the general sentiment of the Big Blue Nation and really even people that live here, all the visitors, Toronto is awesome. Um, I wish Kentucky, and I have a feeling you're going to see Kentucky basketball up here doing some more stuff because Cal seems to be right in his zone um, up here with hanging out with Canada basketball team. I, he kind of went on a little like tourist run talking about Toronto, how much he loves just walking the city, all the restaurants he loves and all that. Then started random, uh, randomly naming off all of his past talent, uh, Canadian talent. Mentioned Jamal Murray, Shea Gilbs-Alexander, who was there in attendance for the Team Canada game, was on Kentucky's bench. Cal was talking about how uh, he was kind of coaching him up from the bench, and, and Shea was like, dude, Focus on your team. You you got a, a game to coach, uh, so that that was cool. Talk about Trey Lyles, Michael Mulder went through a long list of names, one very notably missing, I, I believe. Talked about recent names uh, of guys. You're that, pretty sharp, Jack. I don't know. I can't put my finger on it. Yeah, yeah. It was a uh, kind of I don't know. I, I it, he said a lot it, without saying much. It, he even said, I don't know if if you're from Canada and you have the talent. I don't know why you wouldn't want to come here. I haven't had one of those in a couple of years. Like it's been a minute since I've gotten one of those. When he who must <laughs> not be named was literally here last off season. So you can tell that um, they appreciate Calipari here, and he appreciates that they appreciate him. I think so. It's probably nice for him to get. Um, I noticed last night, Jack. He seemed as content talking to the media than I've seen him in a long time. He wasn't clock watching. Um, so it's, it has. It's been a great experience. The city vibe's awesome. We're at Niagara Falls. 
the cats are just smoking the competition. It's been great. Well, obviously the big storyline that everybody wants to know about, everybody wants to talk about, Reed Shepard. It wasn't Antonio Ooh. Reeves leading the, the team again in, in scoring with 23 points. That wasn't the storyline. It was Reed Shepard absolutely exploding, doing it all on both ends of the floor. Reed Shepard, there, there's been so much buzz about what he is uh, as a basketball player and just how quickly he's adapted to life as an SEC-level talent. Uh, and, you know, coaches have been raving about him. There's been so much positive press about uh, Reed Shepard. Well, we haven't gotten to see it in a live game action. We saw it a little bit against Team Germany in that debut, uh, but he didn't score. We finally get to see him explode from a scoring perspective. He knocked out a couple quick early shots, but really the biggest impact uh, that, that he created for himself were back-to-back uh, -back steals, yeah. leading the dunks the other way, and then that unbelievably ridiculous swatted on the perimeter uh, that led to a, a vicious dunk on the other yep. end. Remind, reminded you of the good old days with Jeff Shepard. Yeah, the comparison pictures were uncanny. It was unbelievable seeing just how he leaves off one foot and the full extension two-hand dunk. So you're right, Reed stole the show. And um, oddly enough, I have not had the chance to see him play live very many times, but I get stories from you and others, and it's always the same story. The environment was crazy, and Reed showed up and played well, so I wasn't surprised to see that. You heard him also, Jack, mention in the postgame that um, that big block was just from the scouting report. As soon as it touched his hand, he said he knew 27 was a shooter, so he jumped, uh, and, and y'all had a big smile. And also I thought it was neat that Cal mentioned how much the other players like to play with him because he does create offense from defense and he shares the ball so well. Does it shock you at all that he got so much extended run of the point guard position? I mean, this, this is a kid that – was kind of known as a combo, played against, you know, lesser competition at North Laurel, obviously didn't have the high-end praise and, and, you know, the accolades. He was a McDonald's All-American, but he wasn't a top-ten recruit like DJ Wagner or Rob Dillingham, but he fit like one of – it didn't feel like two and then the, the third right. being being uh, read. It felt like all three of them kind of belonged together as a cohesive unit in the backcourt. Yeah, I wrote an article on a sea of blue and mentioned that, I mean, how many guys Calipari can put on the ball as like the dominant ball hander to initiate offense. I mean, at times he can have five people on the floor to do it at once. So it's been awesome watching that style of basketball have that many players that can create offense for themselves. And back to Reed Shepard, I mean, it, it's time to just end all the comps and comparisons because he's his own player and he's proven that he's a he plays both ways, you know, and I, I think his impact um, is going to be substantial as, as he learns the college game because he prepares like a pro, Jack. Drew, another huge standout for me, 27 assists on 35 made baskets. For, just for whatever reason, the ball movement, you'd have no idea that they only had 10 practices to work with together. Yeah. Uh, I mean, shoot, Antonio Reeves arrived on campus two and a half weeks ago. Trey Mitchell, the same thing. You'd have no idea that a group that uh, had just arrived, even the freshmen early start, start the month of June, that they – are as cohesive as they are right now, you'd, you'd, you'd have no idea that they haven't been together for years at this point. Trust me, Jack, as someone who was trying to take some photos, I know how fast that ball was whipping around the <laughs> perimeter. Those guys are, they are, I mean, it felt like an NBA style offense, you know, because it was a, it was a lot of driving. I don't say pass up a layup, but making an extra pass for somebody to get involved in. I can't say enough about Trey Mitchell. I've been really trying to land this point, but he's like a professional plug-and-play transfer at this point, right? He knows how to come in, integrate his game with new guys. Um, and I've just found it really funny, Jack, bouncing around to the media opportunities and hearing the young guys. And then you'll get, um, you know, tidbits from Trey Mitchell. He's just so calm, relaxed. He's been through this before. So I'm going to credit a lot of that offensive execution to his veteran presence along with these uh, star-studded young kids. Yeah, Trey Mitchell, I think, as again, as the starting five of the team had three assists. Uh, Adu Thero had four as 
Kentucky starting uh, starting four actually had five. Uh, Reed Shepard had four. Justin Edwards had three. And Rob Dillingham, nine, nine. assists with one turnover. Again, he, he was one of those guys that I think took a lot of flack for kind of playing a selfish brand of basketball, kind of the, the flashy, I'm going to go get mine. I'm going to, you know, I'm Mr. Rob with the shifts. Like, did you expect and envision a scenario where Rob Dillingham was going to, in his second game, as an unofficial game as a Wildcat, go out there for nine assists and one turnover, look really con controlled as the lead guard in that offense? Yeah, maybe if he asked me a month ago and there was a couple of lobs mixed in to the seven-footers, <laughs> which there wasn't. So um, I think that even makes it more impressive, you know, that he was getting others involved. So he was impressive. The entire team just not to turn the ball over for the first time playing against teams that have practiced a lot of team defense was really impressive to me because I'll be honest, my expectation was probably that there were going to be stretches where physically they were really struggling with, with pressure and um, kind of fighting through that. And, and there wasn't. If anything, they were the one imposing it from start to finish, which was extremely impressive. 24 assists on 31 made baskets in the first game, then 30, 27 on 35 made baskets wow. in, in game two. Uh, unbelievable ball, ball movement. Uh, somebody who is obviously uh, being rewarded with this ball movement is Antonio Reeves, yeah. who, uh, again, like t a quiet 23. You'd have no idea. He goes for 24 in the debut, 23 again, or maybe vice versa. I, I can't remember. But, again, 10 of 15 shooting. For him to go out there, and it just feels like everything is coming easier for Antonio Reeves. Absolutely. And, and uh, I, I think he is a product of the good ball movement, and, and shots are becoming easier. I know there was so much talk uh, about you know his role and NIL and how he was going to fit in with these newcomers and if, if that was the right fit for him. He talked about that after the game last night and said, you know, these kids talked to me on, you know, they were playing Fortnite and Call yeah. of Duty, and, and we were staying up late playing hours upon hours of video games. And they kind of just made it clear to me, like, hey, we need a big brother. Like, we need that guy that we can kind of lean on that has been here and done that. Like, we'll take care of the, the, the gritty stuff. We'll, we'll take care of the, the other stuff on our end. We need somebody to lean on for, you know, as a safety net for scoring. And he's just been, I mean, he's been that. He's been efficient, I think, uh, like 56% shooting overall, 40, uh, 44% shooting from three through two games here in Toronto. Uh, just an unbelievable scoring effort for him. But it just it, the, the thing that impresses me the most, just how easily things have, have been coming for him. Yeah, just his presence on the floor and the fact that he's came out and just been so effective immediately. If you're one of the fans that was kind of projecting what it looked like and what his role was going to be and ultimately would he be happy for a, you know, a longer-term stint at Kentucky, I don't think things could have went any better. I mean, everybody's shining, which has been amazing to see. And out of all the storylines, Jack, there's so many that you could pick um, positive for this team. It's funny that Antonio Reeves just absolutely lighting it up. It's kind of down on that totem pole. Um, which could, that couldn't be any better. He's getting his points, and there's just so many other positives to talk about. So ideally you would think um, most everyone, including Antonio, will leave Canada happy campers. Yeah. I, again, I, I don't – the points are always going to be there for – like what an unbelievable safety net to have to know that – like I don't envision a scenario where he doesn't have many games – coming up short of, of 20 points in any given contest. Can like, we call him tone with the shifts, too? Because, I mean, I'm telling you, that that little baseline when he catches the ball, I've been meaning to ask him. I'm not even sure he knows which way he's going. Um, and, again, talking about ball moving, by the time he's that, that catching guy on the corner especially, 
just his, his versatility offensively just opens so much up when he's out on the floor. So impressive. Yeah, his, his, everything's coming together uh, very, very nicely for him. We, you, we talked about this during the game yesterday that, that really impressed me. DJ Wagner, if you just look at the box score, you'd really have no idea that he was kind of one of the big standouts. He started out cold, started out one for five for, for, from the field, uh, and then finished with three, uh, three made three-pointers. But it was the mentality to continue to play through the mistakes. He was clearly bothered by the length and physicality of Team Canada there for uh, you know a couple clear uh, spurts, but his ability to just kind of play through the physicality, play through the length and say, all right, how can I learn from this? How can I grow from this? And to just kind of stay locked in and not, you know, have that short-term memory, not let one bad play turn into two and continue to hit shots. He had two, one at the end of the third quarter and then one early in the fourth uh, that kind of really ballooned that lead. 25, I think, was the, the, his uh, last made three-pointer. That is the difference between DJ Wagner. You brought it up as like that Mamba mentality. Yeah, if there's any player that you maybe would be concerned about from a staying locked in or need to get going type guy, it's not DJ Wagner. I think he's going to have a lot of self-accountability. Um, he prepares, I think, with, the, with kind of that dog mentality, wants to come out and put it on his opponent. So you're right. It would be a little bit interesting for him to find exactly what his role will be on this team. But ultimately, he's going to attack. He's going to do his thing. And he has been um, – I think quietly kind of uh, asserting aggression, Jack, if that makes sense. Drew, uh, Justin Edwards was also somebody that uh, struggled to, to, I guess, shooting to start the event. Uh, I, I don't know if it's something about that FIBA ball. He's always been kind of known for when, when he has represented the U.S. with Team USA in the past. Um, I don't know if it was about that, something about that FIBA ball he's just struggled with. Um, he was cold to start in game one then got things going in game two. Just what do you think worked for him to, to start to get some shots to fall? I think there was a concerted effort to get him going. I can notice on the bench that, you know, they were kind of over-celebrating positive plays that he made. Kind of similar, I think, what they did with Reed in game one to get him going. So not really worried about him. Um, he might be one guy, Jack, that I would keep my arm for, kind of like defining his role a little bit because he is a different player, I think, than some of the other more ball-dominant guards. But um, I love the awkward lefty game. I just love it. So I, I'm not worried about Justin Edwards. Um, he, maybe he's due for an explosion tonight. Yeah, 16 or tomorrow. Six, six, 16 points, uh, five rebounds, three assists, two steals, zero turnovers in 19 minutes. Look, with his physical tools, he's always going to figure out a way to, to stat the stuff sheet. It's, stuff the stat sheet in some form or fashion. That's just what, how he operates. And I think that's why he's going to be one of those plug-and-play guys that it's going to be hard to keep him off the floor uh, just because even if he's not scoring, he's going to poke balls loose. He's going to be active in the passing lanes. He's going to force turnovers, uh, you know, create transition opportunities the other way. Uh, and, you know, I, I also think he's just going to finish around the basket. He's going to be a lob threat. Like, he does so many little things where even if his shot isn't falling, and it's going to need, like, he can't just be out there and miss shots constantly. He has to find his rhythm, and he, he was able to do that there late, late against Team Canada. But uh, I think Justin Edwards is going to have a pretty clear role cut out. What do you envision that position-wise? How, how do you see him uh, long-term fit-wise, maybe a, a former U.K. player that has, you've, he kind of reminds you of? Or uh, just r from a role perspective, what are you expecting out of him? Maybe I'll just phrase it like an X factor. I think he's going to bring a good X factor to Kentucky's um, opponent's game plan preparation. Because, um, you know, again, kind of going back to with his left hand, the way that he plays, he's so versatile that um, maybe an X factor. So insert your Kentucky player X factor. Um, and I'm thinking that's going to be kind of how it is with a lot of guys, Jack. I don't know that like in past years we're trying to define um, different roles, especially that four spot, right? It's always been that spot. Um, but this year I really do think positionless basketball will be more prominent for your viewing eyes, which I know it's been 
far more pleasurable here in Canada seeing these 81, 93-point scores. And you brought that. We talked about that in the car. How much more enjoyable is it to just see high-level basketball, high-octane offense, the shot charts, unbelievable. Where it's you know it's it's interior interior shots or uh, shots out on the perimeter. We're not seeing the 18, 19 footers anymore. Uh, like that's something that Kentucky fans have just been going crazy over. You look at la a shot chart for, chart from last year, and it was just like a scatter plot stuff all over the place. Now there's like a rhyme or reason to what Kentucky is doing. There's a clear point of emphasis uh, to what Kentucky's trying to do offensively. It's find open shots on, on the perimeter or bully ball down low. And it's so far so good up here in Toronto. Yeah, I mean, I was just music to my ears, Jack, on day one after Kentucky, um, you know, beats Germany handily. DJ Wagner specifically, but all the players just harping on Calipari's um, willingness to let them play. Just go play, make a play. And I think um, obviously personnel is going to dictate how he's coaching a lot. Um, so, you know, in past years, maybe it's not fair to make criticisms as much about offensive strategy when you didn't have the guys to do it. But, man, this year it does seem like he has going to have some free reign. And I'm just saying, Jack, it's, it's, it's starting to feel a little like the, uh, the old Calipari years. Maybe it's the miss from the falls here, but I'm feeling <laughs> some old Cal vibes um, these last few days, both on and off the court. Cal brought up that he has basketball players again. And again, it wasn't a shot at anybody in particular. And, and uh, like I, he's had like Cason Wallace was a hooper last year. He was a basketball player. But I think the total unit is what makes John Calipari so excited about this spe specific team because mm -hmm. there is so much versatility. There is so much ball handling and playmaking and shooting. I mean, so much better of it. Like John Calipari said after game one, after they shot 27 three-pointers, that that could be the norm for this group. And I went back and looked at some of the numbers in, in Cal's history. He has never had a team that has taken more than 19.9 uh, threes in a single season. So to say 27 could be the norm for this team in particular would blow out every expectation that he's in, in bar that he set in the past. However, game two, he goes out and Kentucky launches three, uh, 33 pointers. So we're starting to see at least yeah. the sample size growing ever so slightly. And, and when you have so many playmakers, so many guys capable of beating you off the dribble, getting paint touches for the easy kickouts to Antonio Reeves wide open in the corner, dish it back to DJ Wagner, who's been knocking down shots, Reed Shepard, who's finally making shots. Like, at some point, something's got to give. You have shooting at all five positions. That's a really just enticing uh, opportunity where you can go true five out. Can I pose a question to you and all the, all the KSR sources say, listeners who I appreciate letting me come on, you guys are awesome. But I'm going to pose a question, Jack, and I was going to do this on the write-up. I'm glad I waited. I was thinking about this. A two-on-two -two tournament. Let's Ooh. say you got, and let's put these names in there. Antonio, Adu, um, DJ, Rob, and Reed. I cannot think, there's no matchup out of those options that I can think, oh, that team's going to run away. There's any combo of those five guys in a two-on-two -two tournament if you just pick to play against. Um, it, it, that, to me, proves the versatility. Can you think of one that, oh, if those were paired up, no one would beat them? There's no lineup that would surprise me to win that tournament. Man, you got to take the physicality, and I want to ask you about a do, man. I feel like Adu's got to be one of them. I mean, uh, he'd be a two-on-two two problem, he, wouldn't he? <laughs> I mean, I, just the way Absolutely. the way his body has developed and grown, and he is now like he was already a foul-drawing king last year. Like that's what he was known for. And he was kind of a little skinny, quick twig. He was growing a little bit, especially height-wise. But he's starting to fill out a little bit. He's starting to fill out like his dad did. Uh, where Cal says he's six-seven, might even be six-eight at this point. His dad was six-nine, like. At some point, is he? Cal brought up him as a potential long-term solution at that four spot. 
like part of me thinks that that might be what Cal has to do. I mean, I, I think there's a real fit there at the four. Yeah. I, I don't know what you do when Ugo comes back. I don't know what you do when Aaron Bradshaw comes back, but I really like what I see out of a dude there at that four. And then I do, Jack. The more we talk about it, I mean, what are you losing if he plays the four? Nothing. I, my biggest takeaway of the entire event may be just his physical presence. I mean, I really stay away from the hype tweets over the summer, Jack. We've seen him countless times. Uh, but with him, I mean, it was just immediate. I mean, last year we were talking more eye to eye. This year he's just staring down on us. And um, his, his ability now to protect the rim and absolutely to rebound the basketball, I think has been um, eye-opening for this team, minus the bigs this week. So he, he has to play, you're right. And I, he would be on my two-on-two pick because I, I think he's going to be real hard to stop in that environment. He, he's a problem physically. I guess that just poses the question, what comes next? If, if Adu is your four, Cal talked glowingly of him at, at that four spot, what do you do from there? What, what do you do with Ugana on Yenso? dealing with the, the like it just sucks man because you wanted to see Ugo in this event it doesn't look like he's going to be playing this was the perfect opportunity to see where he was in his development what you had with him uh, outside of you know Jordan Burks has been guarding him in practice Trey Mitchell like ever so slightly but that was like a week stretch we have no idea what we have with Ugon Onyenso right now uh, all reports were that he was fantastic defensively in that scrimmage leading up to uh, the ankle sprain but it's like how much can we lean on him to be that anchoring force in the front court? We don't know that for certain yet. Where does Aaron Bradshaw fit in? Because Trey Mitchell has been a clear glue guy, clear plug and play guy, he's gonna have to play. Aaron Bradshaw is also going to have to play, but it's like one of those deals that the minutes have to shake out somewhere. And I don't think you're gonna take Adu off the floor. Cal even brought that up after the first game. It was like, I, Adu, at the end of the day, Adu just does things that nobody else on this team does. He's going to have to play. Yeah, he's, Cal got a smirk on his face last night, too. You're kind of going through all the positive stats with the win over Canada, and he said, he smiled and said, we had a couple seven-footers, too, and they're pretty good. So I thought that was, you know, you do. You forget it's crazy to be at this event. You know, I, I was kind of thinking we'd be, you know, trying to plug holes, right? Oh, this is how we can fix some of this. Don't forget we're getting the two seven-footers back. Um, but, man, they've just been so impressive without them that it will be interesting to see how they get integrated back in. But there's always going to be room for rim protection in college basketball and specifically in March. So that's going to that's why Kyle gets paid the big bucks, Jack. He's going to have to figure all that out and get them tuned up before um, the spring gets here. So this is obviously not the same team Canada that was last year. I mean, there were lottery picks on that team, like high-level power five college basketball players on that team Canada team. This was more like a mid-major plus, maybe, you know, at least D1, maybe high major minus, something in that realm, but not the same level that we saw last year when Baylor was competitive against that Team Canada squad. You steamroll them. You play really, really well against Team Germany, a really solid group, um, probably going to beat the brakes off of that Team Africa team on Saturday as well. What, what is the takeaway from this trip? What, what do you learn? Obviously, the, the cohesiveness is there, and that was my biggest takeaway. That's what I needed to see. Ball movement is impeccable at this point. But um, can you get too high on this team after an event like this? Because we did get burned, unfortunately, with how things unfolded in the Bahamas. Yeah, it's difficult to me. I'm not comping the – I've heard everyone trying to put a good comp. Oh, this is mid-major, high mid-major. Difficult for me to kind of see in that situation and make that determination. But I will say this, Jack. I would have um, – felt better about Kentucky's chances playing maybe a higher major that's like us and just piecing it together right now than playing a team Canada who's obviously got some experience they had a game plan in their home country 
So I'm not going to discount what Kentucky was able to come in and do. And I was very much um, in the camp, Jack, that I was definitively going to leave with a takeaway one way or the other because you're either going to show up to the events and going to kind of see if these guys got the goods or not. And they really proved that they do. I think these guys are going to come out and compete. And just seeing them show up on kind of like an unusual, awkward situation and being able to play their game and not get intimidated said a lot. So that'll be my biggest takeaway um, and a due strength. How about you brought up just kind of this being a road environment? It was a home game for Team Canada. You kind of got our first like hostile environment for this young Kentucky group that is going to have some hostile road trips this upcoming season. I thought that was kind of an underrated part of yesterday's game where that was a group, yes, we got some big Gobi Blue chants, but that was an overall group that was actively rooting against the the road, you know, the visiting Kentucky Wildcats. Yeah, I mean, you're on the other, another country soil playing them, so I think there's definitely still going to be an aspect of um, feeling like you're up against something, but you knew that BBN was going to show up in full force, which they did, so that was great to see, and I think that um, everybody here has just had such a good time, Jack. There's been just, uh, the palate's been cleansed again from the March loss, which um, in that short time frame really surprises me, and it's, um, I think, encouraging as we, as we move into the, uh, you know, fall months. Well, we are on our day off, and we are here in Niagara Falls. It's absolutely stunning, beautiful backdrop, just awesome opportunity for us. The reason why we're here, though, is because we did not get the invite to Drake's house, unlike the Kentucky basketball team. How about that? I mean, just uh, it's, it's not often that a group of 17, 18, and 19-year-olds get the chance to visit the $100 million mansion of probably the biggest star in the world right now outside of the Swifties and – uh, I mean, maybe it's Taylor Swift and Drake. Are those the two on uh, top of the world right now, I guess? I, I wouldn't be the right person to ask, um, honestly, Jack. But, yeah, I, I wish we, that we were going to Drake's house as well. And I said, don't let the haters normalize this, guys. It's not normal for a college basketball team to go to Drake's mansion. But John Calipari and the Wildcats got it done today. So I saw some pictures. That's awesome. But don't. Don't let anyone normalize that and hate on us because remarkable. All I got to say is, Team Africa that Kentucky's playing on Saturday afternoon at 1.30, they're practicing in the normal Mattamy Athletic Center practice gym in the, in the ah. second floor. They don't get to practice in the sanctuary, the, the, the absolutely stunning uh, practice gym that, that Drake has literally in, in, in his own home. Like, I feel like that's an unfair advantage for the Wildcats that they get to be in the sanctuary. They get to be in, a, a, like, not historic, but a, a very, like, wildly – publicized and popular uh, gym to, to prepare for this poor Team Africa team. Like, I don't know. It just it feels feels like an unfair advantage for the Cats. I have to assume this will be a legacy recruiting tool, Jack. You know, you can look down the road oh, for all point. times, say, hey, we go to Drake's house sometimes. Maybe this year if you want to, you know, jump on board or come. So it is. It's a unique experience. And um, I, I am uh, – I wish I could have maybe at least seen the glimpse, the fence, something – um, but, yeah, it's neat, Jack, and I thought it was cool that uh, it actually came to fruition. I think a lot of people maybe thought he was joking when he mentioned earlier in the week, but nope. He, there they he were. went out of his way in the press <laughs> conference to be like, any guesses on what we're doing on our day off? Anybody <laughs> want to Anybody want to ask me? I'll just tell you if you want. I'm going to see a friend <laughs> who's very popular, who's yeah. on tour right now. Like, <laughs> he's excited about it, and he should be. Like, this is a cool recruiting tool for him that he's going to be able to use for, I mean, for a long time. Drake's going to be popular for a really long time, and uh, that's going to resonate with this fan, with this, this fan base. Uh, but upcoming high-profile uh, high recruits, they will be looking at this story and going, oh, my gosh, if I go to Kentucky, we get to go – you know, represent the United States in this awesome global jam event and in the process go hang out at Drake's house. 
uh, Antonio Reeves told us that they're gonna uh, have a barbecue today and they're gonna be swimming in his pool and stuff. Like that's the the ultimate recruiting tool that Cal just kind of pulled out of his back pocket. Like he always has that card in his back, like always has that one that he can pull out of his back pocket. His Rolodex runs runs deep. And- it's not the miss, Jack. It is. It's the old Calipari years. That's what it is. That's what we're feeling. It just it feels like old times and like uh, the right people are in the right place at the right time again. Yeah. So. It's our day off. We're here at Niagara Falls. Absolutely stunning. Big fan of, uh, is it, did we decide it was one of the wonders of the world? I don't believe it is. No, I don't think so. And also there's, many of them don't exist anymore. Um, when I was Googled on the way, all that could be incorrect. Let us know. But I do not believe it is um, considered to be one of the wonders of the world. It's one of our wonders yes. of our own individual world. Right. So we, we've been enjoying this. Tonight, we're going to a Blue Jays game. Uh, there's a new NBA courtside arena. That, or not arena, but it's a restaurant, restaurant. that's kind of like an NBA theme with a bunch of cool stuff in it that uh, we have been working with the, the uh, uh, tourism people here in Toronto. They've been so helpful. Uh, unbelievable people. They got that coordinated for us. So thank you so much to, to them for making this happen. Toronto has been just one of my favorite visits of all time and for them to kind of go out of their way to try to make us feel welcome you've talked about how nice everybody is around here like it's a stereotype that Canadian people are nice but like once you're you're actually here and experience them with your own like two eyes and ears like it's real like all this stuff is very real it's clean it's safe like it's just I feel really comfortable here in Toronto I've loved this experience we get to go to that uh, restaurant tonight, the NBA restaurant, and we get to go to a Blue Jays game tonight. I think UK basketball team is going to be there as well, so pretty cool stuff. Yeah, I mean, what do you order at the NBA restaurant? Like crab dribble nachos or like, you know, <laughs> I, I'm anxious to see how they theme a restaurant NBA because um, there's got to be some uh, some nice unique menu options, I would think. So we, we'll be reporting back. Kentucky plays again tomorrow at 1.30. We'll be, be there. Uh, we'll do our normal. This was kind of a, we were going to try to do this streamed live here being able to answer questions from fans, not able to to make that happen on this show, but we'll maybe we'll be able to make that happen uh, again on Saturday to close out this trip. And the, they have officially stamped a a spot in the gold medal yes. game on Sunday night. Your expectations for tomorrow and uh, on Sunday for the uh, gold medal game. I'm glad you asked me, Jack, because I, I think Kentucky will handle um, the game tomorrow with pretty relative ease. But um, the kind of growing sentiment between us. Fans, I don't think that gold medal game is going to be highly attended on Sunday. Um, So part of me wants to say maybe prepare yourself for a little bit of a letdown. I still think ultimately Kentucky will win the gold medal. But um, I won't be surprised if uh, the the wind's out of the sails a bit by Sunday. Um, Just being with this kind of a long trip, you know how you feel when you're ready for a trip to be over. And I do not. I, I expect most fans are going to depart with that being a late Sunday night game. If it is Team Germany, our own video producer, Steven, we were walking through downtown Toronto and we like overheard some of the German basketball whoa, players whoa. that they were talking trash. And they said, that Team USA team isn't even that good. So I, I'm just putting that out there just in case this gets passed along to, I don't know, a certain coach or a certain player that may need some bulletin board material for this Sunday game. I don't know, but their words, not mine. They say Kentucky is overrated and uh, – I think they're looking to get their teeth knocked in. It kind of feels weird, Jack, being on Canadian soil, representing Team USA and having beef with the Germans. Like, (laughs) I'm trying to keep it all together, but I think I saw their center running around here earlier. I'm pretty positive I did. Um, But, yeah, that's who I expect to play. I think that team was, like, a little bit more polished overall. If you remember, Jack, they had that stretch in the first half where they were knocking down threes, and probably the only time over the last few days that I've really got, you know, a little dicey with was Kentucky going to win. But ultimately, I'm expecting to um, rock a gold medal. And have we decided, are they getting gold medals? 
I believe it. Like, why would, would, it's right. a FIBA event. They're it's representing something. the United States. If they don't get to to rock a gold medal, I think then would. why are we even here? What's the point of doing the this if you don't picks. get a yeah? If if you if like, well, why are we even here if we don't get a gold medal? <laughs> I hope that I can secure one. I doubt it, but you know, there's a reason that we didn't get invited to Drake's. Well, we're, yeah. we're just we're just slums here at uh, Niagara Falls, but we are enjoying ourselves in Niagara Falls. Make sure you subscribe to the KSR YouTube channel. Appreciate you guys tuning in as always. Drew, I appreciate you coming on, man. This was a blast. Where can fans find your work? Uh, you can check me out on Twitter at BigBlueDrew33. And, yes, I'm a, I'm a guest here in Canada. I'm a guest with you guys here on KSR. So thank you. You guys are awesome. I appreciate being involved at all. And it's going to be a fun season, so keep following along. Find me as well on Twitter at Jack Pilgrim KSR. Reach out to me via email jpilgrim at KentuckySportsRadio.com. With that, we'll be back tomorrow for another Jam Pack Sources Say podcast live from Toronto. We will see you then. So, Drew, remember all the positive and uplifting things we said about the city of Toronto and how we love it and how this could be like a place that we decide to live one day? I do. Yeah. Um, let's just scratch all that out. Because we started this drive at 2.30. It is now almost 6 o'clock. We have gone like 50 miles, if that. And... There's been no rhyme or reason to any of this traffic. You know, like, when you're when you're sitting in traffic talking about it, you you know, I probably tend to exaggerate, but I can definitively say this is the worst traffic I've ever been in. If you were going to sit in traffic to, you know, do do the podcast at Niagara Falls would probably be a, a good reason to, but yeah, it, I'm real close to turning my back on Toronto. Real close. We're if, not there yet. If you're in position to just walk everywhere or ride the little bird scooters or ride bicycles absolutely the city is perfect in every sense of the imagination but if you have to drive your vehicle down actual whole roads yeah this is a no-go i've um, never seen google maps just do like mathematical gymnastics the entire time just no clue what's going on and when you see plus 38 minutes over and over on google maps It'll get your tone of voice sounding like mine probably does. And um, good thing road rage isn't a big thing here in Canada. We had dinner reservations at 5.15. We have since had to push them back to 6. We're trying to go to that venue. There's the Blue Jays. Cats are going to the Blue Jays game. We're hoping to be there as well. But we'll see. All in all, would not recommend this experience. We'll check in later, but... Um, Toronto's on the ropes right now. It's on the ropes. There could be a knockout shot if we're not if we're not settled in in the next 20 minutes.